Well, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Welcome tonight to this wonderful time of Bible study as we enter into the presence of the living God in this chance and opportunity to be before the Lord. Talk about his goodness. Let me just pray with you and let's jump right in the word tonight. Amen. That's right, Regina, anointed band. Thank God for them playing again. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your blessings, your mercy, and your goodness, and your kindness. Ask that you just simply have your way, take complete control, allow us to experience your presence and your glory in this place. Teach through me and teach me at the same time, and open us up even now to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we've been working on the theme, Living Faith in Stressful Times, and this is the 16th iteration of this theme, Living Faith in Stressful Times. And it's important that we examine this idea tonight because as we are in the situation of uh, the world right now, we are having to live our best lives in the midst of a pandemic that is uh, waxing, waning, and then blowing up again. We're living our faith in the midst of a country and a world that is in the midst of uh, a racial uh, reconciliation moment. We're in a country right now that is trying to figure out its equilibrium when it comes to uh, indigenous people, those persons who were here before uh, Columbus ever arrived. We're trying to decide how do we treat Asian Americans. We're trying to figure out what is going to be our relationship to our Jewish brothers and sisters. There's a lot of turmoil, uh, racial strife and individual strife and all of the uh, isms that are part of the battle of life right now. And so we are dealing with a lot. And then globally, we're dealing with a lot as even while they're preparing for the Olympics to come up, trying to figure out how that will take place in this world as they are currently dealing with the pandemic issues there. We're dealing with the crisis in Haiti where, where paid mercenaries would come in and literally execute the president of a nation. What a world we're living in. Not to mention the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Middle East, the turmoil in Africa, the turmoil in South Africa in particular. We are living in the kind of times that cause you, uh, or as one writer said, these are the times that try men's souls. And let me rephrase it by saying, these are the times that try humanity's souls. That's what it really is. That's what it's all about. You know, you think about now the drought in the West, coupled with the fires that already started, coupled with the environmental crisis. If you keep talking long enough, you'll find something for which you are willing to shed a tear. And so learning how to live, interact with others during these times, how do I handle my stress, how do I handle what I'm going through is important. And with these, this situation tonight, we're, we're in Genesis 33. And in Genesis 33, we are dealing with this, this moment in time where Esau and Jacob will meet. 
and as they are they're coming together in this meeting that is about to take place and you have to know that it is a crisis it's a crisis for Esau it's a crisis for Jacob it's a crisis for their families it's a crisis for everyone how will it be handled what will be the way in which they will deal with this moment in time we have the perspective primarily of Jacob and the story circles around his existence and from that perspective that that vantage point we we look at the text tonight we look at Jacob's vantage point and with that in mind when you read chapter 33 one of the things you have to notice is, is what's not there. Notice what's not in the text of chapter 33. There is no mention of his dread, discouragement, defeatism, or doom. Chapter 33 does not mention his dread, does not mention any, any discouragement in him. It does not talk about him feeling defeated, deflated, dejected. No, not, no doom talk in here. Instead, as chapter 33 begins, Jacob is a transformed man and he's ready to face his fears. He's ready to go right head on in to the boogeyman. Whatever that is, I'm, I'm ready to face my fears. And I want to tell everybody this, you, you need to get this in your spirit. At some point in your life, you have to prepare your heart to face your fears. Whatever those fears may be, you have to prepare yourself and be ready to face them. Be ready to go head on into whatever is that darkness that you must confront. At some point in your life, you've got to stand up to the bully. At some point in your life, you've got to say no to the abuser. At some point in your life, you have to be able to reconcile your living with your fears. And in his case, He's hopeful to find favor. He's hopeful, he's hopeful. He's believing, he's trusting, he's, he's, he's done what he could do to, to find favor. The hour has approached. The time is before him. The issues are there. And he's hoping and praying to find favor. And I want to pitch my tent here tonight because there are six things that link his approach to his transformation. Six things that link his approach to this situation with his transformation. Now, you, you got to get this in your mind. The way you would have handled stuff before you got saved has to be different from the way you handle stuff since you've been born again. If you're still doing what you did before now, 
your transformation is incomplete. There ought to be a difference in you now than the you that was there before. Meaning that, that it, don't just accept Jesus as your personal savior for salvation, accept Jesus as your savior for transformation. The you of you ought to look different. The strength that you stand in ought to be different. Even when you need to be aggressive, it ought to be a, a loving aggression. It ought to be different than the way you were at one point because with the Lord on your side and you being transformed, there ought to be a uniqueness about you, a transformative something in you that makes you act differently. You ought to be better and not bitter. You ought to be willing to stand up for yourself. But at the same time, there ought to be something in you that shows a God consciousness. You know, that shows that, that, that the divine God has, has laid his hand on you. Here he is. And there are six things that link, I think, to this transformation. The first of which, which I, I, I won't linger long, but I wanna, I wanna raise this up as important. Number one, he is respectful in his attitude. He is respectful in his attitude. He doesn't come off cocky. He doesn't come off arrogant or abrasive. He's respectful in his attitude. And I put on there, don't let the passage of time cause you to forget the past. Let's see if we can do this right. He's respectful in his attitude because he knows the full story. He knows that although time has passed by, he, he knows that although days have gotten longer and longer and, and he's been away for nearly two decades, he still realizes that when he left, he and his brother were not on good terms. He realizes that when he left, he left recognizing that his brother really wanted to take his life. He realizes when he left, he left having tricked his brother and tricked his father into a blessing. He, re he realizes that when he left, that his, his mother had been his co-conspirator with him in taking advantage of both the old man and her other son. He, he realizes that there's a past here. And he's respectful in his attitude. Some of us, some of us will wound people and will wonder why they feel some type of way about us. I don't care if you did that, and watch this now, I don't care if you did that before you got transformed, just because you got saved doesn't mean they forgot who you used to be. You, yeah, yeah, now you're saved, you're sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but you used to be a fall-down drunk. You used to abuse your wife, you used to abuse your children. Now since you're saved, you want everybody to jump up and respect you right away and act like everything's everything. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You have to recognize there's a past here 
You, you, you wounded that individual. You wounded that person. You, you hurt that woman. You hurt that man. You hurt that child. You, you said some things you shouldn't have said. You did some things you shouldn't have done. You went some places you shouldn't have gone. Yes, there's a wound here. And don't you get to thinking that decades take care of wounds. You can forgive, but recognize this. When he sees his brother coming, he has a respectful attitude. I'm the one that did me wrong. I'm not going to act like I got a big bark in this now. I'm going to act like I got some incense. And I want to say it again. Don't let the passage of time cause you to forget the past. Yeah, you know, you, 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 you have to recognize that, that, that just because you have changed, doesn't mean other people have seen your change or are ready to receive you in your changed state. He's transformed. We know from reading the text in 30, chapter 32 that he's even had an experience with God wrestling with the angel all night long. We know that God has been talking to him. We know that God has been speaking to him. We know that God has let him see visions and have dreams. We know that God has caused him to prosper. We know that God has blessed his going in and then his going out. We know that God has blessed him with sheep and cattle and land. But don't, 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 don't twist this here. That doesn't matter to the wounded person. Person has an art against you. And notice now he, he comes in with a respect in his attitude. I, 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 I need to say that to you. It's going to bless somebody. You want to restore your family. You want to restore your home. You want to restore your marriage. You want to restore your relationship. You want to get back with your children. You, you want to make changes. Don't act as though nothing has happened. Doesn't mean we gotta have an old home we can talk about everything. There's nothing in this text in chapter 33 that says they went and hashed out everything that happened before. Some of y'all just talk too much. We know what happened. Some things don't even need to be said. But we need to have respect for one another. You don't, you don't need that. We don't, well, you did this, well, you said that. You, no, shut up. Some stuff doesn't need to be said. Some stuff you need to say to your therapist and your therapist alone. I, I, I digress. Number two, number two. So he's respectful in his attitude. Number two, he is reserved in his actions. He didn't move abruptly. He didn't move abruptly. He's reserved in his actions. He didn't move abruptly. Notice Jacob divides up the foe. He sees the 400 coming. I'm in verse 1 and 2 now. Chapter 33, 1 and 2. And, and, and then he goes and he divides up the children among Leah and Rachel, the two maids. He put the maids and their children in front and Leah and her children after them. And Rachel and Joseph last of all. And then he goes in front of everybody. Let me help you here. He's not moving quickly. He's reserved. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen here. 
I don't know what's gonna take place, but what I do know is this, I'm not gonna move too quickly. I know I've gotta handle this business, but I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna go in front of you. If, 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 de if death has to come to someone, it'll get me first. I'll be in front of you. I'm not moving fast. You notice now, uh, uh, Esau is coming, and they said he was coming with 400, and they were riding on camels. Now, there's nothing to make us think that Jacob doesn't have camels or some other way to ride out to him. But he's in no hurry to get to Esau. Esau is coming to him. I, 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 you've got to know that, that sometimes you have to be still and move slowly into situations. You don't just go put it all out there. You don't just go willy-nilly. You don't just go crazy. Sometimes you have to take your time. Take your time. No rushing. No rushing. No rushing. Slow down. You know, I, I should say this again. They're going to bless somebody when I say it. You know, you're not going to fix everything in your life that needs to be fixed overnight. And you're not going to fix every relationship overnight. You need to recognize sometime you just got to slow down and let the process move along at the pace of the process. What do you mean, Reverend? He didn't try and speed it up, nor did he try to slow it down. He just took it as it came. He's moving into the process. He's reserved in his actions. He's reserved in his actions. He's so reserved in his actions, if you pay attention, he has not chosen to arm anyone in his camp. There's nowhere where he said, beat your plowshares into, into swords. There's nowhere in there where he says, get your knives out. There's nowhere he says, get your spears ready. No, no, he, he's reserved in his actions. We're going to figure this out. And that's an important factor to jump on. Number three, number three, number three, and this, I'm, I'm halfway home, but I want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park here and put a, a pause on this section right here. Number three is important because he is reverent at the assemblage. He's reverent. Bowed himself to the ground seven times. Bowed himself to the ground seven times. He crosses over the stream. Verse three, Genesis 33, verse three. He crosses over the stream. That's right, slow and steady wins the race. He crossed over the stream ahead of them, bowed himself to the ground seven times, bowing and moving forward each time until he approached his brother. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I don't have, I, I, my, my, my siblings in my household, my, my, my interior household, but my mother and father, I have three sisters. Um, Sheila, Debbie, and Gloria. I, we, as any family, we've had conflict, everybody getting disagreement, whatever. 
I don't know of any siblings that have ever had any conflict that saw the need to bow to each other before having the conversation. I just, I don't, I mean, I, I you know, I, I apologize. I made some mistakes. I, did, did, I, don't, I don't know. It just, this is not normal behavior. He didn't just bow one time. He bowed and kept on bowing. He bowed and kept on bowing until he got to number seven. He, 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 he bowed and, 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 bowed and, and then bowed again. He got to the number of completion, the number of perfection. He got to seven. Interesting. He bowed and kept on bowing. Why? He acts with humility. He acts with humility. This is, a, this is not normal humility. This, this is deep sense of humility. This, this, is, this is real humility. He bows. He bows. He bows. In, in, in ancient times, a, a servant would bow as a sign of respect to his Lord. <clears throat> and, and Jacob has done all he can to make Esau see that he treats him and respects him in a position above him. He, he, he re literally reverses the promise made to him and he himself offers it to his brother. Watch, watch what I'm saying there. He rendered to his brother the reverence promised with the birthright. He rendered to his brother the reverence promised with the birthright. I, I see my, my, my siblings have already chimed in. Uh, they, 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 I guess they try to make sure I know they don't plan on bowing to me and I don't have to bow to them. <laughs> but he literally has, has bowed. Now, now, Genesis chapter 27. You got your Bible, jump, jump over there real quick. Genesis 27, verse 29. Here's the blessing. Here is, here's what his what dad says over him. May peoples serve you. I'm reading out the Amplified Version. And nations bow down to you. Be Lord and master over your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. And may those who bless you be blessed. He's bowing, bowing, bowing. Several times, you, you know, this, this, this word here in the Hebrew actually could be translated to prostrate oneself. 
to prostrate oneself, to, 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 to worship. It's, it's a gesture of respect. It's a, it's a sign that I'm next to somebody in, in a higher position. Genesis chapter 18. I want you to write some scripture down. Make sure you put it in the chat so others can grab a hold of it. Genesis 18, 1 and 2. The Lord appears to Abraham by the timber of the trees. And the Bible says, when he raised his eyes, his eyes and looked up, and behold, three men were standing at a little distance from him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. That's Genesis 18, 1 and 2. The story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, you, you know Genesis 19, 1. The B portion of verse 1 says, Seeing them, Lot got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. He saw them. He, he, he saw these, these two angels coming into Sodom, and he gets up and he goes there and bows with his face to the ground. Abraham needs to have a place to, to bury his wife, Sarah. And when you look over in Genesis 23, as he's looking for a place to bury his wife, he wants to find somewhere to bury her. And the Bible says that he talks to the Hittites. And the Hittites respond to him. And I'm reading about, about, about verse 4. He says, the Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen to us, my Lord. You are prince of God, a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choices of our, of our graves. None of us will refuse you his grave uh, or hinder you from burying your dead wife. So Abraham stood up and bowed to the people of the land, the Hittites. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of honor. It's a sign of benevolence. Genesis 42, and we're going to get to this later on in these lessons, but in Genesis 42, you, you, you get that story there of Joseph, 42, verse 6. It says, now Joseph was ruler over the land, and he was the one who sold grain to all the people of the land. And Joseph's half-brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. Ah, this idea of this humility that he expresses. Now, I, 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 I talk junk, you know, half-heartedly about my, my sisters and, 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 and you know, I, I do, do believe that, that all of us ought to be able at some point to be humble enough to recognize other people. You ought not to ever get so arrogant that you can't see other people and what they are living in and going through and their life. He's got a humility on him now. This is not the kind of humility that he left with because if, if I use the Greek word here, he left in hubris. Hubris, which is pride, arrogance, conceit. But he comes back in humility. He left in hubris, but he returns in humility. He's not, he's not humiliated, no, no shame on him, but he comes back humble. 
Kendrick Lamar, I believe it was, said, be humble. Uh, get down. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you, you got to realize at some point, learn how to be humble. It's important that you see that. Um, there, there's some, some coarse discussions and some crass words were said about President Obama uh, back uh, uh, at the G20 summit in, in London. President Obama met uh, with King Abdullah, King of Saudi Arabia, of Saudi Arabia, and people thought that Obama had bowed before King Abdullah, and they they liked to some of the Republicans liked to lost their minds. They, 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 United States never bows down to anybody else. Uh, there, 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 are, there are ways of which you can give respect where respect is due. But I point that out only to tell you how important this act was. By doing this, he was saying, I respect you and I cherish the relationship that we once had or if we didn't have it, we should have had as twins. I see you, I see myself. We look enough alike. Oh, we have some physical characteristic differences. We are fraternal twins, but, but I see you and I, I see myself. There's something here, and it's important that you see it. It's a level of respect. I, 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 um, I, I pushes me now to my next point. I, I, let, me, let me just say this. If you want to get respect, you got to give respect. Some of us are wondering why we don't get respect, it may be that we're not given respect. And, 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 and you got to give it to yourself so you can give it to someone else. Because if you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody going to give a good cahoot. I'm sorry, just, you get it on the way home. Listen, th th there is a level of respect that ought to be there. Number four, number four. Number four, this is, this is important. That, that he goes there, he acts and functions reverently, but notice what he does. He reciprocated the affection. They wept together. Now he's coming up. He's bowing. <coughs> he's bowing. He's bowing. Verse four, watch this. Go down, this is Genesis 33, verse 4. And let me just read verse 4 through 7. Here it says, But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and hugged his neck and kissed him, and they wept for joy. 
Esau looked up and saw the women and the children and said, Who are these with you? So Jacob replied, They are the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids approached with their children and they bowed down. Leah also approached with her children and bowed, they bowed down. And afterwards, Joseph or Rachel approached and they bowed down. Listen, he reciprocated the affection. He got there and all of a sudden it, it, it happened with him. <laughs> and he went in and his brother embraced him and kissed him and hugged him and was excited for the relationship. It reminds you of Luke 15 where the father sees his son coming. Luke 15 verse 20, you ought to look it up sometime. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a, far, a ways off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Here's what Esau does. Esau sees his brother and he goes and runs up to him and he grabs him and he hugs him and he kisses him. And guess what? He is received by Jacob. And Jacob hugs him back. And Jacob weeps with him. Some of us have a hard time giving or receiving affection. Giving or receiving affection. Have a hard time. You, you, you know, it, it's often said that men give love to get intimacy and women give intimacy to get love. It, 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 the, the idea is that, that some people struggle with, with affection. And, and, and the problem with people is that they, they, they're some timey. They don't even know when they're give, giving, giving uh, uh, affection and they don't realize what the affection looks like so they don't know how to receive it. And in this moment, it was so critical. Not only that he see his brother, but when his brother came with that kind of embrace, if he had stood off, if he had stepped back, if he had gotten into a posture like he wanted to fight, if he had ran away, if he had done anything other than hug his brother, he would have broken everything that God was trying to bless in them. They were going to break the cycle of pain with a hug. They were going to break it with tears. They were going to break it with joy. And sometimes you got to realize that a hug will do more than words ever will. That one weeping together will do more than a full conversation. They, they needed that moment. They hadn't seen each other in a couple of decades. They needed that moment to realize that reconciliation was possible. That God had blessed both of them. That they had survived through their life. And all they needed was to embrace in that moment. And brothers and sisters, don't miss those moments when God provides the embrace with loved ones and friends. Don't miss those moments because we break curses in those moments. We break curses in those moments. Yeah. Some of us, we get mad and we stay mad. We get mad and we stay mad. But we got to know it is through that affection that we can break curses. Yeah. He opened himself up 
to his brother. Now you got to remember now, he's set for anything to happen. In his mind, this could go any way. This could be a good day or a bad day. He doesn't know what kind of day they're about to have. But when the embrace comes, he receives it. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. And you've got to know, when God makes that opportunity, we have to reciprocate the blessing. Yeah. The, 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 the next section here is so interesting. Because Esau is there, and Esau begins to ask some questions. And, 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 and notice, if you will, drop down. I'm still in Genesis chapter 33. I want you to drop down to verse 8. I'll give you the point in just a moment. But in verse 8, Esau asked, what do you mean by all this company which I have met? He's talking about the people bringing the gifts. And he answered, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob replied, no, please. If now I have found favor in your sight, then accept my gift as a blessing from my hand. For I see your face as if I had seen the face of God and you have received me favorably. Pause right there. You know, there's, there's a two-part to this. One is that the reverential act of bowing is reserved for the Lord uh, and reserved for higher-ups. It is in that moment as he is bowing before him, it is as God is working and breaking things out. The, in his mind, he knows something. Jacob knows that the only one that can fix this is God. And if God don't fix it, it won't get fixed. So when he says, when I see your face, it is as though I've seen the face of God. It is, I have seen God in your face because only God could have turned that frown upside down. Only God could have made those tears of anger into tears of joy. Only God could have made you remove yourself from your beast and hug me instead of wanting to choke the life out of me. Only God could have done it. And I want to help somebody. Y'all blessing somebody right now. Don't you worry about you fixing things when you've already prayed about them and you've asked God to work them out and God to fix it because you can see the face of God in those who would have been your enemies because God knows how to work it out. God knows how to change it. God knows how to change the hearts of men and women. God knows how to fix them. You can't fix them. God can. Notice if he will. He says, he says, you've received me favorably. Verse 11 says, please accept my blessing. Please accept my gift, which has been brought to you. God has dealt graciously with me, and I have everything that I could possibly want. So Jacob kept urging him, and Esau accepted. Now, this is really important that you get this. Up until this point, Everything that has been a change has been Esau now putting himself out there.
to, to give himself. He, bought, he came to see Jacob. Jacob doesn't go to see him. He comes to see Jacob. He has jumped off his beast and come and hug Jacob. He has asked about Jacob's family. You don't have anything in here about Esau saying, well, how's your wife and children? I haven't seen you in a long time. I know you got a couple of wives you married from the other group. How they doing now? How many kids you got now? What, what it was like now? Esau is the one giving out, giving out, giving out. And Jacob says, wait a minute. I need you to receive this blessing to let me know that I really have absolution. He, verse, this is point five, he received absolution. Absolution. Absolution is another quiet way of saying forgiveness. Because see, you're not going to take from my hand a gift that's being given to you because I found favor in your sight if you don't really want to give me favor. Because a part of your receiving this gift is a statement on the part of a person of integrity that everything that's in the past is in the past, is behind us, and we're on a different plane. So don't take my gift if you don't really mean anything that just went on before. Don't take my gift if you don't really mean we're back boys again. Don't take my gift if you don't mean that things are not changed. And the moment he receives the gift, that's why Jacob keeps urging him to take it because now it says in concrete that we have a covenant that we have moved on from our hurt. You know, we, we use the passage, your gift will make room for you. Sometimes, don't, don't be afraid to recognize that blessing others, particularly those you've wronged, is never wrong. Let me say it again. Blessing others, particularly anybody you've wronged, is never wrong. I know I did some things I shouldn't have done, but I've been blessed. God has forgiven me. I know you, you said you forgive me, but please receive this blessing into your life. All right. I'm going to close tonight. I'm going to close tonight. I'm, I'm throwing y'all so much in here. He received absolution. Finally, finally, finally. Let's go back to the text because this last part is interesting. Beginning at verse 12. If you notice, we're doing this whole chapter tonight. We're we really working through it, and uh, I hope you're getting something out of it again. Beginning at verse 12, then Esau said, let us get started on our journey, and I will go in front of you to lead the way. But Jacob replied, you know, my Lord, that the children are frail and need gentle care, and nursing flocks and herds with young are of concern to me, for if the men should drive them hard for a single day, all the flocks will die. Please let my Lord go ahead of his servant, and I will move on slowly, governed by the pace. Do you notice here? Esau is ready to escort him back home. And Jacob is saying, hold up, wait a minute. I'm good. I'm good. He first begins to talk about the flock, can't move fast. Then he said, my children are too small. Well, if they're riding on the back of a buggy, they can go at whatever speed you move at. He is thinking now, 
And then he says again, he says, he says, verse 15, he said, okay, then let me leave some of my people who are with me. Let me leave my warriors here with you. He said, nah, nah, nah. Jacob said, what need have I for that? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. And now Esau says, all right then, I see you want to see you. I'm glad to have seen you. Now, now, I want to offer this last piece of sagaciousness and that's sageful advice for those of you trying to get it. I want to offer this. In the midst of it all, Jacob still remained artful or adroit. Artful or adroit. <clears throat> the first part of the definition of artful is to speak to cunning or deceit, and I don't think he's being deceitful. The second part of the definition of artful meaning to, to, to make use and do good things and to think way through certain things and in a creative manner. Adroitness is flexibility, adaptability. Notice what Jacob does. Jacob does not simply say, yeah, let's go ahead. Instead, he says, let me pace myself. You go ahead. Because even though they have had this reunion, he still is unsure of the full mind of Esau given the depth of the loss that Esau has experienced. So he does not simply go ahead and just jump in and say, everything's over, let's roll. I point that out to say this to you, saints. Listen, whenever you are coming through a difficult situation with a person or with people, do not lose the vigilance that one should have that comes with just simple wisdom. Don't, don't act as though this person hasn't been highly wounded and then walk into a trap. What he does is he says, okay, we'll move into this relationship slowly. And by the end of the text, they're going north and south. They're not even going to the exact same place. And, 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 and what, what, what Jacob will do is Jacob will stop and buy land near Haman. What you have to understand is this, that you must remain adroit, you must remain artful, you must remain creative, you must remain conscientious, you must remain the kind of person that always understands that people are people, humanity is humanity, and as much as you'd like to think that, well, um, the Godfather movie, some of y'all might have watched those, uh, those are one of the best series ever done, uh, one, two, and three, after that, I don't know, but, but the, you, 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 you have some of those movies where you, you have them kissing one another just before they kill them. You, you, you have them saying, I, I'm going to become uh, the godfather of your baby just before taking him out 
of this world. You've got to know there are people in this world that are not always going to function with integrity. So that you learning to be vigilant, you learn to be wise, you learn to keep your eyes open. So don't, don't say Bishop taught me that I ought to go ahead and I ought to make this relationship up and everything gonna work out fine. No, that's not what I taught you. What I taught you is to look for God in healing the relationship. But I wanna tell you this, I want you to be wise and I want you to be harmless but I want you to keep your eyes open because you gotta know everybody is not gonna act with integrity. Some people will do something different. Esau doesn't, but I want you to know that Jacob is prepared in his thinking just in case Esau doesn't function with integrity. Above all things, get wisdom. Because wisdom, Sophia, that's what the word is. Wisdom is the thing that will keep you from getting into a mess. Well, brothers and sisters, I love y'all. I hope this blessed your heart tonight. I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm still talking about living faith in stressful times. And I pray that something said tonight is going to speak to your heart. Ask that you continue to keep praying for one another, keep praying for me, and keep praying for your church. I have enjoyed this thing tonight. I'm looking toward, I, don't worry, there's more to come because this is such a full sermon, a full series that God has got us in. And I pray you keep your eyes open for what God is doing in the earth realm. Now, very quickly, just so you have it in your mind, please keep one other in prayer. I've been asking each week for you to pray for the Daniels. I continue to ask for Deaconess Maggie Daniels, continue to pray for Deaconess Joanne, uh, Elder Holly, who, both of them who've had hip surgery over the last few days and weeks. Please keep them in prayer. Uh, Minister, uh, Deaconess DeBose, who just had carpal tunnel syndrome uh, surgery done on her hand. Uh, Minister DeBose, who has uh, buried his daughter today in Louisiana. Please keep him in your prayers. Uh, the Tarleton family, again, who was going through Brother James and Sister Cora Murphy. And I could just keep naming people. So good to see uh, Sister Connie and Sister Julie uh, online tonight. God bless y'all. Y'all have been in our prayers. We are praying for you and praying for God to bless you mightily in every area of your life. I thank all of y'all for praying for my brother-in-law, Michael. Keep praying for Michael and we're believing God that God's going to bless him mightily and heal his body from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Amen. And I pray if he hears this word, I pray he receives sees my prayers for him, knowing that I'm holding him up along with his sister. I know she's been praying diligently for him. And because he's on her heart, he's automatically on my heart because I pick up what she's praying about. So please keep my brother-in-law Michael in your prayers. Amen. I ask each of you to remember one another. Sister Nadine Brown, baby, we are praying for you. 
Stay strong. We love you, and we're holding you before the Lord. Amen. Well, saints, I know there's probably something else I'm supposed to say. Charge it to my head, not to my sanctified heart. Recognize I love all of you with the love of the Lord, and I pray God's mercy and blessings upon you. I will be online tomorrow on phone call, 1 o'clock for prayer. Join me. Let's go before the throne of grace. We've been having some great, great, great prayer times, and I want you to get on there and join me in prayer. Amen. I love you all. Saints, you know what to do. I ask that you give each week. Give when you give, you give benevolently here during these services. So please, 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 please give as unto the Lord. You know, uh, we can give, and these offerings again go to the diaconate, and they do great ministry with it. Uh, that's diaconate as a male and female, our deacon and deaconess work together side by side. Amen. Amen. I put, keep on giving, givelify, cash app, or old fashioned mail. <clears throat> I've asked you before, and I'm going to continue to ask you again. Keep praying for the Wiggins High Slope family, and I ask you to just remember them in your prayers as they have just buried a loved one. And I just hold them up before the Lord. Amen. Because, you know, grief takes a while. It's not something you can have one day and just wake up the next day and be over it. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you, saints. If, I, if I've missed anything, again, I pray God's blessings upon each one of you. Let's get ready to close out here tonight. We're getting ready to leave. And as we leave, you know what? I know that you know that God is good and that God has a blessing with your name on it. And guess what? I welcome you back to the sanctuary. So make sure you come on in as you want, desire, fill out, sign up this week on our, on our page, get in there, be back in the sanctuary as you can, and recognize we love you. And if you can't be here, watch us online. And remember, you walk in the favor of a great God. And because God loves you, you're going to be all right. I close with that single word prayer for peace in your life. Go in peace and the peace of God go with you. Shalom.